If you want a great conversation with a Philadelphia sports figure you should know more about, listen to one-on-one with Matt Leon on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. The results are in, or most of them, anyway. Some races were settled pretty decisively last night in the Pennsylvania primaries. Put on your seatbelts. We're about to take our state back and change history. Some were not. We are making a ferocious charge. What else would you expect? Everything about this campaign has been tight. It's the day after the Pennsylvania primary. We're asking four very big questions about election night here in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. We'll talk about that today here. I'm Jay Scott Smith. I'm Sabrina Boyd-Serka. I'm Brian Seltzer. And here to give us some answers is our expert on Pennsylvania politics, Jim Melwert. Hey, Jim. I'm not an expert on anything. I'm just uh, somebody who knows who to talk to. And then I play parrot on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> too modest. Too modest. So the Democratic primary race for U.S. Senate and the Republican primary race for governor were called before at 10 p.m. last night. That seemed very quick to me. The winners, John Fetterman and Doug Mastriano, both on pace to beat out their closest challengers by more than a two-to-one margin. But neither of these candidates, which is really intriguing, is considered to be a centrist or a moderate within the context of their political parties. Fetterman is pretty left of middle in the Democratic Party, and Mastriano is to the far right of the GOP. Jim, how do you see this playing out as these two campaigns now within their respective races gear up for the general election this fall? Yeah, definitely. Uh, uh, Fetterman and Mastriano definitely are not your establishment establishment candidate. Mastriano, state senator, has clearly tapped into something uh, in the GOP primary, uh, able to connect with the the business owner who felt forgotten or unheard during during the closures from the pandemic. The parent who feels like uh, they don't have the say that they would like in their child's education. That worked clearly worked in in the primary. He's uh, up around 45% of the vote in a crowded field, uh, so a significant number. But talking to a, a bunch of people today on kind of the the what now and and how that translates, you know, can can that momentum carry into the general election? Here's uh, a Republican political consultant, Christopher Nicholas, uh, who says that question now will kind of be how Mastriano pivots. Mastriano has already proven that that approach worked in the primary, but General elections are different. You have to pivot to a different type of messaging and to a different message. Uh, that was a lot of the concern with among Republicans uh, about Mastriano is that he would, you know, continue to do what he's always done. Fetterman, again, talking about not necessarily the establishment candidate in the, the, the Democrats race. That was uh, that was Connor Lamb, uh, who uh, Fetterman one handily uh, significant victory uh, up around 60 percent uh, in a, a four candidate race. But Fetterman has kind of the, the same characteristics back to Nicholas. To a slightly lesser extent, he's kind of the Doug Mastriano of their side, that he's going to run the campaign he wants to run, regardless if that's the best thing to do. So it'll be interesting now to see kind of what the strategy is. Both Fetterman and Mastriano play well to their base. Now, how do they expand that and bring in all the other voters that they'll need to bring in for the general election? So, Jim, for as decisive as the Democratic race was on the Senate side and the Republican race was when it came to the governor's contest, the race for the U.S. Senate on the Republican side has been anything but decisive. Just as we're doing this right now, we don't have a clear winner in that Republican Senate race between 
Mehmet Oz and Dave McCormick. The latest count has them headed toward the recount threshold here in Pennsylvania. So we knew that this race was going to be tight. Were you surprised at how tight this has ended up being? Yeah, yeah, I am. I'm surprised that it, it could end up in recount territory, which is half a percent when you're talking, you know, 1.2, 1.3 million million votes to come down to a, a couple thousand uh, is is fascinating. But not surprised that it's close. Uh, I I did kind of think going in, you know, that that we would have significant results, but maybe not be able to have a winner just because you know you were talking in the governor's race on the Republican side, you had nine candidates and, and the, the Senate side, you have seven. So just when you split a vote that much, uh, and that's part of it, but more so here, it, it, you kind of had this breakoff pack of three candidates with, with Mehmet Oz, David McCormick, uh, and, and then uh, Kathy Barnett, who kind of stormed in at the end. And Oz had the, uh, the endorsement from former President Donald Trump People said maybe that didn't give him the boost that everyone expected, but I think it certainly gave him it, – it, it's helped prop him up against really effective attacks that have come from McCormick and outside money that have said he's a Hollywood liberal. What may have happened uh, is that those attacks, the, the he's not a real conservative kind of turned people off and – David McCormick is more your more toward he's not he's not your traditional Republican, but he's more toward your traditional Republican, more your establishment candidate, if you will, than than Kathy Barnett. So some of the MAGA group may have turned away from Oz and found Kathy Barnett, who's very outspoken. You know, she was she was in Washington on January sixth, uh, not knocking her for that. That's absolutely a constitutional right to to gather and protest if she so chooses. But you know, the, her a lot of her statements, a lot of her, she's she's very. Uh, pro MAGA, pro Donald Trump. So people may have turned away from Oz to Barnett, and and for much of the night she was kind of hanging with with Oz and McCormick until they started to move away, and now they're kind of one two. Uh, so that's really a big reason that that those two have ended up so tight that she kind of siphoned off a lot of support that that may have gone for for Mehmet Oz. Turning back to the governor's race for a second, the League of the Supreme Court's draft opinion, the one that would overturn Roe versus Wade, that is what everyone's been talking about leading up to this election. And it really increased the stakes for Governor Jim leading into this. You said that the governor's race was going to become a referendum on abortion. So what are the dynamics in terms of that now with these two candidates that won in their respective parties? And there's there's a lot of different ways to go with that because, you know, I stopped for gas on the way into the studio last night and paid four eighty five a gallon. And the Democrats in office and gas is four eighty five a gallon. Well, Governor Wolf can't seek re-election. Uh, Josh Shapiro, the the, the the current attorney general, uh, kind of carries that torch, right? Like it's not a, a far cry to say that that he's not kind of part of this administration. He's the attorney general, uh, and and has backed a lot of, of of Wolf's policies. So those two things alone, generally, Pennsylvania has always kind of gone back and forth. There's been a Democrat in for two terms now. So all of these things are a headwind for Democrats, but now you toss in Roe v. Wade and all of a sudden these pocketbook issues and just the general distaste of the party in power kind of gets tossed on its head. And, and Muhlenberg, political science professor and pollster Chris Boric says this should be a much more favorable cycle for Republicans, but 
if you have a candidate like Mastriano, he's got a strong energized base to take into the general election. The big question for him is how much can he expand upon that uh, within the Republican electorate? Are there individuals you look at the results where he didn't perform as well? Uh, that might indicate some some defections from the Republican Party. And of course, the big question is, how will he do among independents? How will he do among, you know, Democrats that more moderate Democrats that sometimes vote uh, Republican? I think that's the great challenge moving forward, especially in a matchup against Josh Shapiro, a candidate that won in 2020 in Pennsylvania uh, in his race for attorney general when other Democrats were losing statewide. Uh, he's shown that he's able to do that. And so the, the matchup in many ways looks favorable for Josh Shapiro and the Democrats, despite a very difficult environment right now for Democrats nationally. It's fascinating to see, again, can Doug Mastriano pivot and become the candidate that can draw in? Uh, there's, there's a small, uh, about 500,000 more Democrats uh, than Republicans in Pennsylvania, but then 15% of registered voters uh, show up as other or unaffiliated. So if you want to win a statewide race, you're going to have to tap into that 15%. So, you know, in talking to people today, the, the question isn't only can Doug Mastriano do that, but does he want to do that? And so that's what we'll see over the next few months. So, Jim, this is a governor's race where the winner is going to have a lot more of a say about a lot of different things. When it comes to these issues of public health, small businesses, schools, things like that, where do you see Mastriano and the attorney general kind of framing them. Yeah, well, Mastriano, I, I think is pretty clear. He has made it pretty clear uh, that that he likes to, in his words, stand on the Constitution uh, as far as uh, what what government should be doing uh, in in these situations, which which generally, uh, you know, especially with uh, pandemic protocols, is is stay out of it. Let let people make decisions uh, for themselves. Make sure that parents have a say. On, on what's going on in, in their kids' schools. Uh, and, and these will be more challenging issues uh, for Josh Shapiro, who, uh, by the way, is a fantastic candidate. He comes off looking like a choir boy, really nice guy. But you see Josh in debates, and he can go for the jugular. And, and it's kind of a surprise uh, when you see it coming from someone who looks so so mild-mannered. The debates, if there are debates, that's, that's a, a big if, uh, could be absolutely fascinating. And I think they will focus on, on a lot of these things. You know, Shapiro is going to have to separate himself from some of the, the unpopular wolf protocols, especially the business closures. A lot of people were really upset that Home Depot stayed open and, and you know, the nursery down the street owned by people who live next door had to close. And, you know, public health, <laughs> that that's a fan, that's a great question and and I don't know that anybody knows where public health goes from here because uh <laughs> clearly the the things that happened over the past 2 years there's a lot of fatigue from that you know the the inflation pocketbook issues all things that 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 Shapiro would have to overcome but but as we heard from Bork you know you're talking about this race to, in, in any other cycle a candidate like like Doug Mastriano uh would be you know, 20 points behind. So where we stand now here, you know, in, in mid-May, a lot changes between now and election day, but uh, a lot of people that still putting, um, you know, Josh Shapiro uh, ahead, even with those issues that, that he's going to have to figure out kind of how to wrestle with. And let me make it perfectly clear. We are not out to get Doug Mastriano. I know just a rough count listening to his speech last night. He mentioned the media five times. Nobody at KYW is sitting around saying, what can we do to get Doug Mastriano today? This is our job. 
you know, talking to pollsters today, talking to strategists today. Uh, these are, are their thoughts on the race. This is what they're, they're seeing in polling. This is our job. We just, we question authority. We look at things and we explain how things are happening. So anyone listening to this who's going to get their, their back up because they hear us talking negatively about Doug Mastriano, you know, we'll talk negatively about Josh Shapiro and we'll talk negatively about John Fetterman, uh, you know, positively, whatever it warrants. Jim, thank you for joining us from your lovely backyard where we've been hearing the birds chirping in the background the entire way here as he comes on to join us about a very contentious primary here in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Now, from the mail ballot recounts to the takeaways from noteworthy local races here in the city, there's a lot that happened on primary election night. You can check out the links we've included in the show notes to help get you caught up on anything you missed from primary day here in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. That's it for this Wednesday. I'm Jay Scott Smith. I'm Sabrina Boyd Circa. I'm Brian Seltzer. Thank you for checking us out today. Hope we've helped you get over the hump, and we'll be back at you on Thursday.